Good evening, Hoop Heads. This is Vince. FRPC Hoops is on the air. And I'm happy to be with you today. And uh, makeshift situation still, but getting better. Got a lot of things kind of done up a little bit differently. And uh, it's working out. So we are on the air, which is great. We got a lot of basketball to get to. And we're going to start it off with a couple things that um, need repeating but also probably need a, a little more examination. Um, obviously, it's going to take more time. The Clippers are off to a terrible start with Harden 0-4. Um, some of my thoughts of it right now is, is that there's, there's three things going on. We talked about it before. There's too many guys who need the ball in their hands who offense initiate. So when you have that, you have a real problem there. Who's going to be the dominant ball handler? Well, it looks like James Harden, who said that he is the system, he is proving out. There are many a time that I saw Kawhi Leonard and Paul George standing in the corner. So you have your most athletic wings, um, best slashers, uh, just standing in the corner. This does not seem like a recipe for success in any sort of way. And I know it will take time, but I think, honestly, if they want to go ahead and do the Harden thing, I wonder if you go ahead and trade, like, Paul George and get, like, some pieces back that can help you defensively, um, make you bigger um, to fend off, you know, the Anthony Davises of the world, the LeBron James of the world, the Jokic's of the world, um, you know, all the hype that you have. <clears throat> In the NBA now. Uh, We haven't even talked about OKC. But these are the things that are going on. And um, it's really kind of what I had expected. Which is is terrible in one way. And it's uh, laughable in another. But we are in a situation now that the, the next move is going to be interesting because they don't have a lot to give. So it will probably have to be one of the stars to go. I don't think you can add like, oh, okay, let's uh, trade Norman Powell and something else and get something back and, and, and be able to do it that way. I, I think you're in a position where one of the stars have to go to kind of restructure the con- the com- the uh, construct of this uh, roster. So with that being said, let's move on to another um, dour note. Zion Williamson is unhappy in New Orleans. Now, there are trade rumors out there around the draft. Um, a lot of people say they were unsubstantiated. I will tell you that there were talks. Um, you take it for you take it or leave it. I mean. Um, I, I try to do the best I can with the sources I have, but that's what I came up with. Now, the thing that I thought was going to be the problem anyway is that Zion is not liking the role that he's in. He's in a situation where he's not point Zion, where he was able to kind of freelance and do the things that he was doing before. And he seems to have an issue with his role within the offense and this might become a situation where 
a trade is possible. Now, we're not speculating anything here. Or All we're trying to do is try to get to the bottom of it. Here's the thing. And I'm just going to say this really plain and simple. People have been saying, well, Vince, be, you know, be sensitive about, you know, certain things or whatever. So I will try to do that. But here's some of the things I will not uh, hold my tongue on. Your effort is not great, Zion. It's not great on the defensive end at all. Uh, you don't rebound. For somebody as big as you are, you don't rebound, which is really weird. With all this crazy athletic ability and all this size, you don't rebound. Um, <clears throat> when you don't have the ball in your hand, you're you're not doing anything. Um, you'll set a screen here or there, but uh, that needs to be part of your game, my man. You are six seven or six six, and like you say, you're two eighty. I think you're more like three hundred and fifteen pounds, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, here's the other thing, Zion. You haven't played enough to make any kind of demands of what the offense should look like. Why should we run the offense through you when you cannot play more than 40 games? It seems kind of irrational to set up an offense that runs through you and know that we're not going to have you for like half the games. Now, you can tell me, hey, I rededicated myself. Okay. You could tell me that it's a new day um, with Zion Williamson. Okay, here's the thing. You sound out of breath at the press conferences, my man. So if you're out of breath at the press conferences, which is usually about 45 minutes to an hour after, yeah, I've been in locker rooms before, so I kind of know. Um, let me ask this question of you. Why are you out of breath? You should be able to casually stroll to where you're going to greet the media and you're out of breath. So that tells me you're out of shape. So again, your habits are poor. You don't defensive rebound. You're an outstanding athlete. You're a great scorer. You could be a dominant force in this league if you applied yourself and you just don't. So that to me says that you don't have any say and what goes on inside that offense at this point in time. You have to give the Pelicans like 60, 70 games on for them to trust you and say, hey, um, he's gonna he's gonna be here. We can go ahead and really uh build this thing around him. Right now, they are a they're a rudderless ship. You know, it's it's all going bad. And it's terrible because we were high on them last year. Um, and also Memphis, who is struggling. Shouts out for them getting a victory over the Clippers. Just kind of, you know, putting a period on that point as well. Um, the other kind of couple things that I want to get to. Let's talk about the Wolves for a second. The Wolves are 72. Um, there's a, a person that... Uh, I'm in contact with, and he's a, he's a Wolves fan, and uh, he kind of had him pick paid for third in the West going into the year. So shout out to my guy uh, Momo for that. And and Edwards is taking another another leap. Now here's the scary part about Anthony Edwards. 
I actually think there is more in the tank. He's 13 for 38 in isolation. Um, so when he kind of gets whatever package he wants to put together and kind of break down the defense uh, in a way where it's going to be more productive, this it's another leap for him. So there's more growth there. Everything looks good for the Timberwolves. We we are happy. I mean, this this is more than I can had could have expected. And here's the thing that I will say. I know Wimby is awesome, and I know that we are uh, just astonished by all the things that he does. Actually, I can't wait to get off the pod to uh, watch Wimby. But here's the other thing. Anthony Edwards is such a force. And I'm going to peg him as one of the true difference makers in the league in three years. Like, when we talk, when we talk top ten, and we talk like, oh, if this guy changed teams and went somewhere else, would they be an instant contender? I think that's that's the trajectory that Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves is looking at. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it. We're gonna we're gonna get to the Rockets. Uh, shout out to our guy Nico, who is. Um, Coming back soon, he's he's has some uh, he's going through some stuff right now, and uh, we are efforting to get him back. But uh, our 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 prayers and our, our well wishes go out to our guy Nico, and uh, man, we're all pulling for you. So, with that being said, the Rockets are now six and three, and Ime Adoka, who is a guy that we have to start looking at, is. One of the real good young and up and coming coaches. Now he had the year in Boston, and then you know everything went south with, you know, the allegations and, and whatnot, and uh, you know personal situations that went on in Boston. But the one thing that was never in doubt was he had a stranglehold on that team, and that team looked completely different in the second half. Now we move to the Houston Rockets. And then we moved to the pro, the prior offseason when there was reports, you know, we t- it was pretty much, we talked about it on this podcast last year. Harden wanted to go to Philadelphia, or Harden wanted to go to Houston. This was around Christmas time last year. And with Ime Adoka getting there and having a vision, a clear vision of what he wanted for the team and what he wanted for the youngsters that were on that team, the, you could tell that he wanted clear vets. He wanted clear Vets that were steady. Uh, Jeff Green, tremendous locker room guy. Fred Van Vliet, another tremendous locker room guy. Dylan Brooks gives you that swag. And he might be the guy between uh, Jeff Green and Van Vliet to the kids. So Jalen Green is playing under control for the first time. It's it's great to see. And we're really just excited to see a, just a level of competency in Houston. So shout-outs to Houston and the way they're playing right now, man. I'm, I'm really impressed. They absolutely demolished the Lakers. And trust me, I have something on the Lakers. Don't worry. Um, OKC... Is uh Chet is great. 
I, I love him. I think he has some um he has some grit, some nasty to him. He has a little kind of like FU to him. And he's gonna need it through the duration of the season. But the one thing that you're seeing is that he doesn't back down and he gets his stuff off. Man, this dude wants the ball, is able to put it on the uh court and go by people and initiate the offense and He's actually making Giddy a little, I want to say obsolete, but less important. So it's one of those things that we want to keep an eye on here at FRPC. Um, the Kings are struggling. We talked about them last time. What I also want to get to is this. Let's get to the Eastern Conference real quick. Um, we talked about Philadelphia and, and what they're doing. But the other thing that I want to talk about The Magic are 5-4. and four. They're looking good. Paulo Gancaro and Franz Wagner are stepping their games up. Suggs has given them a, a defensive intensity, just an intensity on that team that they're, they're lacking. And by the way, Jonathan Isaac is back. You know, this is crazy. The dude has been often injured, and now he's back, and he's playing a viable role for them. Um... Anthony Black is great. I love him. Uh, what I should say, he's good. Let's say he's good. We're going to start using great unless it's absolutely necessary to use. So we're going to start utilizing better terms for our players so then we can kind of grade them at the level. But I've been impressed with Anthony Black. I've been impressed with his uh, chaos that he causes on the court uh, with his defensive ability. Um, the one thing that you are seeing with him is you're seeing just a level of play that is a, it's quite, it's all the things that you saw in college. So it's good to see it translate into the NBA, and it's good to see uh, him being able to play a role in Orlando. Um, the Hawks are looking good. The one thing that I'm still trying to figure out is, is this team the way it's currently constructed? Is it going to look like that in February? Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there are trades on the horizon or whatever, but I think they want to free up some um, more time and more space for some of the younger guys, but we'll see how it all plays out, and you never know what shakes out in the NBA. A couple other teams that I want to get to that are, I don't know what you want to call it. I want to, get, I want to talk about the Cavaliers for a second. And the reason why I want to talk about them is that I was high and I'm still high on Evan Mobley. And I noticed when Donovan Mitchell was out and the guards were out, Evan Mobley got to do more things. And now that he's back, he's kind of being put in this tertiary role, which I do understand Donovan Mitchell is an explosive, explosive guard. And Darius Garland is a creative playmaker who also can create his own offense for himself. But I wonder to fully realize what Evan Mobley is, is that somebody's going to have to move out of there for them to be able to see this kid fully flourish into what he could actually be. And they are struggling at this point. Now, they've been... <clears throat> 
terrorized by injuries and things of that nature. So I'm not really worried about them at this present time. Um, the team that I am worried about and the team that we're going to get to and kind of move this along is the Chicago Bulls. Let's get to it now. Um, the Bulls are in a situation where it look it looks terrible. They're having like team meetings here and there. Levine is putting up 50 burgers and having zero assists. Um, DeMar is in the last year of his deal. Clearly, this has not worked. Now, obviously, we have said at nauseum, you know, this team looks a lot different with Lonzo Ball not there. And you're 100% right. But the problem is, is that he isn't going to be there. They're not going anywhere. They weren't going anywhere with him um, because he was in and out of the lineup. Now we just hope that he gets healthy and come back as some form of himself. And now we're at a point where it's time to blow it up. You know, um, there's rumors of Levine coming to Los Angeles and joining the Lakers and all kinds of other stuff. You know, Knicks, other teams involved in this deal. Now, kudos for Chicago if this is what they're actually doing. Because we have been begging Toronto to do the same exact thing for a couple years now, and they haven't. But if Chicago is taking this seriously and going to go ahead and reimagine their roster and start to replenish the coffers of draft picks, I can go ahead and get behind that because the product that they're putting out not on the floor is not inspiring at all. It's not inspiring to the front office to add more pieces, and it's damn sure not inspiring to the fan base who just wants competency. I wonder if they would be a good Zion team. I wonder. I wonder if Chicago could be a good Zion team. You give... New Orleans Caruso and some stuff. Picks or whatever case. No, they, they need picks actually. So you'll be after it'll be after the other two trades, but I wonder, I wonder if he would be the guy he you probably give him low at this point. Probably won't have to give up a myriad of picks to get him at this point. Might be the way to go. Oh, I do want to give a shout out to Tyrese Maxey for throwing up that 50 ball the other night, man. Listen, way to take advantage of your opportunity when it presents itself. James Harden um, pounding in Philadelphia and allowing this kid to basically take over the offense and be the point guard has opened his game up. We've seen different Situations for Joel Embiid, he's like above six assists at this point in this juncture in the uh, season. So I mean, what a what a great situation for him, and I'm so happy that now he can go ahead and flourish in Philadelphia. And now they might not be looking for the second star; they might actually be looking for like a third star, or maybe. Reimagine the bench and the and the uh and the rest of the uh, starting roster. So 
man, Philadelphia playing so well. And one thing, I talked about it before the season started, how um, I felt bad for the fan base. And Philadelphia, I meant that. I meant every word of that because you guys deserve better. And I, I still mean this also for New Orleans. You guys deserve better. You guys deserve to see Zion like at least 32, 33 times a year. Way, way, way more than what you're seeing them. But getting back to Philadelphia, yeah, I thought it might with Nurse coming in, new coach, not saying he's not a good coach, but trying to put in a system. Was Embiid going to be bought in? Um, you know, what was Tobias Harris and all these other people go- going to look like? And we tried to put on, you know, a bright face for the whole deal. And let me tell you something, it was hard to do. And I just said, I just feel fat, bad for the fan base. And guess what? Guys, I don't feel bad for you anymore. You guys are great. Everything is going well. Uh, you're eight and one. I mean, God bless it. It's just a it's a great thing. So keep doing what y'all are doing and buying into the nurse situation. And uh man, can't can't be more excited for what we're seeing out of Philadelphia. Um, uh, there's a couple other things that I want to get to. The one thing that I want to kind of tell everybody about is this is that we're changing our format a little bit. And what you're gonna start seeing in the the upcoming episodes is we're going to get to the top stories. So whatever's going on that week, you know, obviously trade rumors, things like that, um, bad calls, you know, great performances. We're going to get to it, right? We still want to get be holistic when it comes to like the front offices and stuff like that. That might be something that we do during the summer, you know, as we get into the off season. But what we want to do is we want to give everybody kind of a little taste. So we're going to do like the big stories. We're going to do um, some fantasy. We're also going to do some betting. Now, bear with me on the betting. The betting might take a little while to kind of, you know, get get up to speed and kind of do that. But I'm going to also have some help. Um, I would like to announce that we have a new member of the family his name is dane blackburn he's awesome you'll love him he's australian so keeping with the international thing that we got going we got canada and we got australia dane will be joining us fairly shortly and i can't wait to have him on and get his perspective on nba he watches it uh religiously and uh, we have great conversations, so I'm actually glad to have him on board. And obviously, we're going to have Nico. So we're going to have fantasy and betting, and then we're going to have draft situations, so the prospects and where everybody is, and you know, kind of give you some lowdowns on some guys that we kind of looked at this week or whatever the case may be. Now, those are on the upcoming episodes, but to wet your whistle with the fantasy, um, Nico... Sends this in. So, shout out to our guy, Nico. He says that um, guys to pick up. So, if you're a fantasy basketball owner, these are five guys to pick up. Jalen Johnson, he's looking like a breakout. So, if he's rostered, go trade for him. See what you see what you can give up to get him. Especially if you're in a rebuilding thing. He's a young guy to go get. I'm looking to go get him right now. Bismarck Bionbo, 
he'll be a stud in wherever whenever he plays. So that's the thing with him is that uh, Phoenix needs the help. So there it is. Was no, it's not Bismack is not there. Is he? He's there, right? No, he's somewhere else. Duh, duh, duh. All right, but Kobe White making an impact as a starter for Chicago, and he's actually probably going to have a bigger role if all this all this minutia and all this turmoil is is real in Chicago, and they're starting to blow out people. And his role might change, so keep that in mind. If you have him right now, make sure he's not part of one of these deals because it can it can change his whole thing. So look out for that as well. Uh, Skylar Mays. So Nico talks about Skylar Mays. He says he's a stat accumulator. He just earns a permanent. He just earned a permanent uh, rotation spot. So Skylar Mays. He just uh, got picked up very shortly. So he might be unrostered in a lot of leagues. So look out for that. And the guy who will never die. Shots out. To KOC at the ringer, Kevin O'Connor, Killian Hayes makes our list at number five. Monty does love him. That is true. Um, he's going to continue to get minutes, and that is also true. Um, I'm hearing things that right now that Jaden Ivey is not a Monty guy. Um. What I'm gathering is that the habits aren't looked upon as as good as they should be. Um, a little more attention to detail would be uh, welcomed by Monty in Detroit. And so Jaden has been surpassed by Killian Hayes and Marcus Sasser as well. Marcus is getting a lot of run. So what I would tell you is that those are all good little situations to keep an eye out on. Now, I'm going to get to my Laker rant. <clears throat> As you know, I've said it many, many, many times on this podcast. I am a Laker fan. This is kind of why there's a little Bill Simmons-ish uh, kind of vibe when you listen to the podcast. Just not as rich nor as famous as our guy Bill Simmons. Shouts out to him. But as a Laker fan, here I know there were a lot of people really excited at the start of the season. We had a lot of depth, and uh, we got LeBron. He's going to be healthy, and AD, and blah blah blah. And I kept on doing podcasts and videos on YouTube. So check us out and check out the video that I talked about. The Lakers, and it says um, magic number 135. And what I mean by this, and I say this with no shade whatsoever, the Lakers, unfortunately, the two guys that they depend on are one is old and one is often injured. It is not something that I am reveling in saying. I, I love the Lakers. See, I like the jersey. I, it's not LeBron. LeBron is, like, he's my guy. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not a guy fan. I'm a, I'm a Laker fan, right? But here's what I'll say about LeBron. It's amazing what he's doing. 
it's been amazing the last three or four years what he's been doing. Nobody's done it. Nobody's been this good for this long. We have said it over and over and over again. But we can also say is is that my man's best best ability is availability. And guess what? You have not been over the last in your tenure in Los Angeles. You haven't been available. And as I look down at the standings right now, and if I believe, if you go back and look at the archive pods, I had the Lakers, I want to say 7th or 8th in my um, preseason predictions. Now, they're 8th right now. Now, could they be better? Yes. Had they had a ton of injuries? Yes. But that's my point. They've had a ton of injuries. And you can say, yes, it, it hasn't been LeBron and it hasn't been AD and they play well and what have you. But if you're playing those guys, those type of minutes to win games because you don't want to get off to the 2-10 and 10 start that you had last year because you want to have your team kind of fully realized by the trade deadline and then go make a run and be probably in the upper echelon of the playoffs, I understand that. But there's a danger there. And the danger is is that what you're going to see and what is going to happen is LeBron James is going to get injured. And AD, as well, is going to get injured. And the other thing, the other little interesting little tidbit that I want to give you about the Lakers, and I don't know if anybody's kind of seen this, is D'Angelo Russell like auditioning for the trade? Because it just seems like he is really taking a lot of shots and taking full command of the offense. And some of the passes are horrendous. Some are very good. Here's the thing. I actually like D'Angelo Russell. I know that it comes across as just being very critical. I think that if you could get him to just be like kind of a a spot up shooter and like second side initiator and just uh, and say, hey, we're gonna we need you to dribble less. I think he'd be great. Some people think he would be a good six man. I could see that as well. There's a lot of good things that he does. I think that when he's engaged on defense, he can get in the passing lanes. He's still not a good defensive player because he just doesn't have the physicality, which is crazy, at like 6'5". But I will tell you that the way this team is currently constructed and with the injury history of LeBron James and and Anthony Davis, a seed is probably where they're going to be. Especially if Houston, the Timberwolves, Dallas. If they're not going anywhere, where's the move up? Because the Warriors, I think, are going to be where they, you know, they're going to win games. Kings are going to win games. Nuggets, I don't worry about winning games. The Suns, I don't worry about winning games. So where's the, the real upward mobility in the West if you're going to have your two stars be out probably significant amount of time. 
Like I said, that magic number on the previous pod was the games played combined between LeBron James and AD. And I think that's what it's going to take for them to be in the upper echelon of the Western Conference. And guess what? I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to 135 games. That would mean combine both of them missing 29 games uh, for the season. And I just don't see it happening. I'm actually worried if they're going to get to 120 games combined. So think about that. Most likely, they're going to be around 110, 115. So that's almost 50 games lost between your two stars. And again, I understand what the Lakers did. I understand why they did it. It did get them a championship. It did bring a championship and bring back winning to Los Angeles. So I will never look at this as a bad deal. But you knew what you were buying when you bought it. Because now LeBron is 38, about to be 39 at the end of December. And this is what it is at this point. And AD, for as many gifts that he has offensively, defensively, agility, his bounce, all of it, incredible. He can't do it every single night. He just can't. Which brings me full circle back to Zach Levine because... The uh, the stories that are out there, and let me give credit to the people who were writing this, and let me go to it right now. Um, it looks like Levine, there are trade packages. Uh, Andy Bailey of Bleacher Report has something on it. Sham's report, Sham Sharania of The Athletic says there's de- there's developing news. NBA teams are probing on the availability of Bulls two-time All-Star Zach Levine, and there is increased openness from both sides about exploring a trade, sources say. And this is for the Lakers. So now, with the Lakers looking at an older LeBron, an older and often injured AD, I wouldn't say old, for AD, but often injured. Now, they tried this with Westbrook, and it killed all their depth. Did they insulate themselves enough where they could trade a couple of their pieces away and still be good? That's a question. Do you want Zach Levine in Los Angeles, Lakers fans? Think about it. Before you start hitting the button yes, because you've seen the YouTube clips, Think about what you're talking about. Here's another guy who has knee injuries. Here's another guy who misses games. Here's another guy who, yes, very talented, tantalizingly talented, but misses games as well. And I understand your theory. Hey, if we got one of them, they all can't be injured at the same time. Well, hold on. Yes, they could. And the other thing is that we have not really seen Levine in a playoff series really do anything. So my question is, what are we really sure this is a guy that we want to go ahead and give the final remaining 
uh, real assets that we have? These are questions for Lakers fans that I just, I throw this out there because people tell me that I trip, that this is, I'm, I'm sort of, some sort of crazy, like, anti-Laker guy. I'm not. I want to see the Lakers prosper. I want us to win another championship, especially before Boston does. But as Laker fans, we have to know. That Boston is ahead of us right now. Y'all know that. So be real. Be real with yourself right now. So again, these are the questions and these are the issues that are that the Lakers are faced with. And as Lakers fans, the thing that I talked about in the offseason about Kalinka rebuilding the team right underneath LeBron's nose. By not making some of the trades that would have gave up all the picks and stuff like that. And wait for the right trade. And get the, the depth that that they have now currently. And they added to in the offseason. This last offseason. So we're at a point where. Are we about to give up. Probably a lot of that depth. To go back to the three star system. And we're going to depend on. Often injured, almost 39-year-old LeBron. Often injured, but very, very talented Anthony Davis. And supernova hot-scoring Zach Levine, who is also an injury concern. I don't know. Y'all tell me. Hit me up on X at FrontRunnerPC. That's at FrontRunner all together. P is in Paul, C is in Charles. You can hit Nico up at, at NicoFRPC. And we'll get Dang hooked up on the Twitter very soon. And uh, again, guys, we're back. Uh, we're going to start getting these recordings out more and more. Thank you. I've just had a ton of technical difficulties. Again, we are, I want to say, probably about two or three months away from Shangri-La, um, which is exciting. I'm really excited for what the new place is going to look like and everything like that. So um, thank you for bearing with me with these uh, temporary digs, and uh, we will see you soon. Y'all be good. Peace.